All right, Milo. So we're going to do another wheel spin. But the catch with this is we're going to do our wheel spin procedure like we do. Mm-hmm. But then it's plus Christmas. Oh, it's that time of year again. Yeah. Or we should. Yeah. Christmas, man. <laughs> Go buy stuff. Yeah. Black exactly. Friday. I don't even really get my son anything because he pretty much has what he, what he, everything he wants all the time anyway. Only child, man. That's so I, I usually just do like, I maybe get him tickets to an event we're going to go to in the future because it's all about the time you spend together, not about the shit you buy that you don't need. Yeah. Get, get him those uh, tickets to see Def Leppard next time they're touring. Yeah. Def Leppard or, you know, Poison is still touring. Oh, Poison. There you or, go. I'm sure you appreciate or, or They're that. doing like a stadium tour with uh, with uh, uh, a bunch of other bands and Joan Jett. A um, bunch of 80s rockers. Yeah, right. And the Scorpions are still doing their thing. Next year, they're doing a, a big thing at, at the Hard Rock Cafe, the Hard Rock uh, Theater there in Las Vegas. They're doing show. The Scorpions are doing shows there. So maybe we'll just go to we'll go to Vegas and like listen to the Scorpions. That sounds like a better Christmas. Yeah. Take him to Vegas, watch the Scorpions, take a visit to the chicken ranch, turn him into yeah. a man. <laughs> it's time to become a man, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's bad. All right. So we got, I have the years up. So here we go. We're going to spin it. Oh, we got 1991. 1991. Yeah. I'm down with that. All right. We already did a podcast episode about the whole year. Remember? Yeah, we did actually. Mm-hmm. So this is an inch, very interesting year. All right. Now we're going to choose the topic. Are you ready? Yep. Memoir. Memoir. Okay. Okay. And then we're, we're going we're gonna to pick the, the segment now. Oh, retrospective. retrospective. Well, that makes it easy because basically we just got to like come up with some unique memories about the holiday season of 1991. Yeah. Okay. All right. I can do that. Yeah. The wheels made it easy for us. They, it could have said like a bunch of other things, but the wheels were good to us today. Okay. 1991 Christmas retrospective. And we'll figure it out and we'll see everybody in the future. Here we go. We already introduced this because this was a wheel spin. Yeah. We're in the future now. And what did we decide to do, Milo? <laughs> in the in the theme of Christmas from 1991, it seemed only logical that we should discuss Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, because yeah. it was released in December of 1991. It was like yeah. a Christmas treat for us. It was. And I don't even remember 1991 Christmas because I don't remember most of my Christmases because they were all the same, right? You, you get your endorphins going because you know... You know, you're basically your parents are manipulating your your endorphins to kind of flow in an anticipation of a reward, like like a big rat, and you're and you're about to get your cheese, and then you wake up and all the presents are there, and then you rip them open, you just release it, you're like, oh yeah, oh Christmas, and then that's it, and it's the same every year. So I don't remember 19, I don't remember any Christmas except 1986 Christmas because I got an Etch a Sketch animator. And I was thinking maybe I would have remembered it because the Super Nintendo came out in 1991. And I'm like, well, did I get it on? Did we get it on? No. And I think we probably got it sooner, though, because my mom was a huge Nintendo file. Like she was infamous in the neighborhood. Like all the kids would come to her. She's like this wide, wise sage lady of Mario. She knew all the secrets and she knew all the code. She was she was like she was worse than any of the kids in the hood. Right. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm sure we got it before Christmas because my mom was like, yeah, we're getting that. So I don't remember 19. Do you remember 1991 Christmas? You got up, you opened presents. That's the thing whatever. about Christmas. Cause yeah, exactly. It's always about like, you know, buying presents, giving presents, 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 presents. But then if you think about it, you're like, what present did I get? What present did I give? I don't remember. So which, what's the fucking point of Christmas? I'm, I don't know. Like my son's a little different. I mean, he has a credit card. He can get whatever he wants anytime. He's pretty responsible though. He, he's pretty good. But he like uh, it's more like I might get him tickets to something and we'll like go see that in a later date or something like that. More of an experiential thing. Um, it's like when we went to London for his birthday and it was like, wow, London, like it, it's not some piece of junk that he's never going to remember. He's going to remember going to London for his birthday. That's what we do nowadays. I think that's what separates maybe us from what, what when I grew up with Christmas was all this plastic junk under a tree. He's like, man, I, I guess the, a few things that I want to guess, but it's more like, hey, I got tickets to the uh, cool thing that's coming up and I'm going to go with my dad or my friends or something. And it's more, that's better that way, I think. That's the way we are around here. We Because yeah, those experiences are much more fun than just some stuff that's going to end up in a closet somewhere or yeah. broken or lost or who knows, you know? Yeah, well, going back to that, that's why we chose Star Trek Six is because I remember in December nineteen ninety one. Experience that was an experience because I went with none other than our friend Timothy. He's mm. a good. He's a good guy. I, I talk a lot of smack, but he's a good guy. He, he's the wealthy kid in town, but he's a good kid, right? Did he pay for so your we ticket? Went, no, I got my own ticket. He's like, Jamie, I was. I, I want to go see this movie, and you were like, no. I don't have any money. He'll be I, like, I might have been poor, Jamie. but I was proud, and I got my own <laughs> damn ticket. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. But we did. We went to go see Star Trek Six. I think it was opening day. It, it, it released in early December 1991, right? Yep. And I remember it because I was a huge Trekkie. And the the scene is like with the exciting music and the credits and it's in space and then the credits end and then it's like, boom, this big explosion. You're like, what is going to happen? Turns out that explosion was kind of the first uh, kind of explosion of its kind, that whole ring mm. um, explosion thing, that, that effect, it's called the Praxis effect. And it was it was used later in uh, Star Wars when George Lucas did his revamp. Oh, yeah. When he had the Death Star blow up, he, re- yep. he added he that He changed effect. it to the practice, uh, Praxis effect, and they used it in Stargate when the whole thing, they, they started that, it became popular to use that kind of ring, ex- ringed explosion uh, after Star Trek Six, and that's the first time they use it, and it's called the Praxis Effect. So you imagine you're like 10 years old, you're watching this thing with your pal, all of a sudden you're, you're building up with the credits and the exciting music, and then boom, this awesome ringed explosion happens, and you're like, oh, something's going to happen in this movie. So I remember that. I don't remember jack shit about Christmas, but I remember Star Trek Six, and that's why we're going to do a retrospective on it. Hey, Milo, you know I'm an old sailor, right? Yep. That means I like laughing, drinking, cussing, and sarcasm. But I'm also a sophisticated fellow who loves culture, learning, and funny ladies with charming Southern accents. Do you know where I can get all of these things? From the Poppin Culture Podcast. How did you know? Because I love listening to our friends Mary Jane and Kiki snark it up and address various interesting topics. They both amuse me and inform me. Did you know the Poppin Culture Podcast ranked number six on Good Pods Indie Performing Arts Chart? That's cool. Our audience can catch Poppin Culture on Good Pods and anywhere they listen to podcasts. They can and they should do it. 
it had good special effects too. Some because some Star Treks are hit and miss with the special effects, but this one had some good special effects in it as well. And you know, it wasn't too heavy on them like like some sci-fi is because it went story-wise. And this had a good story around it too. Like, do we become friends with our mortal enemies? Or not? Yeah. Like, how do we? You know, we could, we could. These, we, the, the Klingons have been our enemies since we encountered them for the first time, and because of their mistake, we could just let them die off, and then it's problem solved. Yeah, it was an allegory uh, for the Cold War, the end of the Cold War at the time, because mm-hmm. nineteen ninety one was kind of the official end of the Cold War, and so this movie was like the the Praxis moon blowing up because they don't have good safety measures. That was Chernobyl. And then their economy broke down just like the Soviets did and their empire started crumbling. And it's like, hmm, do we become friends or do we crush them? Right. It was it was very it's it's a very 1991 movie. It's like it's a product of its time for sure. But it stands the test of time as well. Like I rewatched it in preparation for this and I still enjoyed it. It has flaws. You know, and it's like, eh, that doesn't really work. Or even then, I didn't really much care for that. But it, it is still really good. And 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 it has like a good character arc for Captain Kirk as well, too, of going from like, you know, let him die. I don't care. You know, what's wrong with that? Yeah, because Kirk hates Klingons. Exactly. And so to have him come around towards the end and, and go against what he personally believes for the greater good. Uh, is really a fantastic aspect of that character because we've seen him in the series. We've seen him in all the movies. We know him and they kind of still were able to actually say, well, this is in his character. Let's, let's give him, you know, a chance to, to, to be the better person. And, and he does because he's Captain Kirk. Of course, he's going to yeah. choose the right thing and do the right thing. That's why we love him. Yeah. And, and I like Spock's arc too, because he's kind of a Sherlock Holmes um, character because it's a murder mystery, really. Who killed Gorkon? Yep. Like what's going on? It's a it's a mystery, right? It's kind of a mystery movie. Gorkon, by the way, Nicholas Meyer, who's the only one who should direct Star Trek movies, in my opinion, who also directed Star Trek Two, by the way, um, named Hence Gorkon the two best Star Trek movies. Yeah, yeah. G- Gorkon was a, a combination of Gorbachev and Abraham Lincoln. There was the two, the Gorkon was, he used Gorbachev and Lincoln as a model for the Gorkon character and named him Gorkon because Uh of uh, Gorbachev and Lincoln. (laughs) Did you know that? Did not know that. That's cool. I know some stupid shit, dude. (laughs) (laughs) But, but yeah, Spock's got to find like, Hey, computer says we launched one, but all the torpedoes are there. Someone beamed on and assassinated Gorkon, but I don't think it was us. It's a, it's a mystery movie, which makes it fun. Because mm-hmm. I, I like mis- good mysteries, right? And and again, when you're seeing this for the first time, there's not so many spoilers back then. You don't know what's going on either. You're following Spock around like, what's going on? And then they have the reveal at the end and all this stuff. I, I just dug it. I really like that movie. And that and that's why I, that's this is my only memory of December 1991. <laughs> Christmas, I'm like, I don't know. But this movie is awesome. I loved it. I do remember, and I still have the same effect now, is uh, when it's kind of annoying. So they have the bit where they're in the kitchen 
and they fire the phaser that the, and all the alarm goes off and people come running that a phaser was fired. Right. And it's like, and that's why they didn't destroy the boots with the laser or with the phaser. Right. And it's like, this is the only time that's ever been a thing. Every episode of the series that's had a phaser fired in the ship, like any of the movies, any <laughs> of the above. And now in this one movie, they have this thing where like when a phaser is fired aboard the ship, suddenly an alarm goes off. Yeah, that's yeah. a neat feature. <laughs> I watched Next Generation for seven years and they were firing fa- Ferengis and common fire phasers on the Enterprise. And they're like, what's going on? We don't know. <laughs> uh, they got rid of that technology uh, right after that movie, maybe it was a privacy issue. Or something. Yeah, <laughs> or it was plot convenience. Too 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 many uh, too many phasers being fired and people come running. And I like how it's like all the main cast too. You yeah. know, like uh, James Doohan and like all the main. It's not like you know a bunch of security officers come running, but they did eventually. But still, it's like the main cast comes running. Yes, yeah, Scotty comes <laughs> in. Is someone firing a phaser? Fire a phaser here, Scotty. <laughs> don't you have work to do? You got your yeah. ass for an old fat guy, dude. I ran. Mr. Scotty ran all the way up here from engineering. <laughs> yeah, he got there he fired a phaser. <laughs> he got there really quick. The, yeah. He got there before the young security guys did. Man, yeah, Scotty's exactly, fast. exactly. Somebody fire a phaser up here. I just came. And running. I like how they're cooking. Like they have pots and pans. Oh yeah. <laughs> Maybe they didn't have replicators at that time. I don't know. Everybody's cooking with pots and pans and stuff. I'm like, eh, I thought we were yeah. past that. Pretty old but- school. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they just. Maybe Kirk just like old, old, old school fresh cooked stuff, and that's how he rolls on his ship. Yeah. <laughs> Christopher Plummer played the main uh, an- antagonist, General Chang, and I thought he did a good job. Because- oh, he's brilliant. I mean, he's probably one of the best. Honestly. Well, and it's a very Shakespearean kind of movie, and he has to recite Shakespeare a lot, and he's a Shakespearean actor. I think Star Trek is Shakespearean in general. It can but be. It's great because he's reciting all this Shakespeare, and he's like a Shakespearean actor. It is like, oh, Christopher Plummer just laid out, baby. Do it. <laughs> and you know he's a bad guy because he's bald. Yeah. Well, do you know why he's bald? Hmm. He was originally supposed to have hair, but when they did the makeup, he was like, hey, I actually like this bald look. And they're like, well, okay, Christopher Plummer, whatever you want, man. <laughs> they're like, you're and Christopher he, Plummer. He actually, okay. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Well, and he had less makeup too for a Klingon. Mm-hmm. He just had a little bit, he didn't have the heavy. Yeah, it wasn't style. quite as pronounced as. No, it was very, like, because he didn't want the heavy makeup. And I'm like, okay, Christopher Plummer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're the man, dude. We'll do whatever you want. Just recite Shakespeare, okay? <laughs> 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 yeah they did good though with the bald thing because he does look better i think with the with the bald thing going on yeah and it makes sense i mean maybe different parts of klingon you've got more pronounced head things some parts klingon they're a little less pronounced yeah. uh, that kind of like blonde people and brunettes exactly. or whatever exactly and, and on earth i can see that klingons are just as diverse as anybody else man they're diverse too klingon lives matter so Another thing that that I kind of liked when I watched it b- back in 1991, Christian Slater was still big. I know he, he was big. It was back when he was cool, and he's like, "I want to be in Star Trek." Well, so he was a Star Trek fan, and do you know why he could easily get into that movie? Is because his mother was the casting director. Oh, really, Mary Jo 
Slater, oh. his mom was the casting director. Oh, so it was handy. really easy for him to just slide on in because, hey, my mom's the casting director. So I just figured it was because he's like, hey, I'm Christian Slater. I'm super famous right now. And like, can I just, you know, have a couple walk on lines and be like, yeah, sure. Christian Slater. Well, no problem. Well, that's how it was. But mm-hmm. it, it wasn't like I'm saying it wasn't hard to do because his mom was the casting director and, and he, he got paid for it. He got paid like 700 bucks. Yeah. Which a is rate for a walk on. Yeah, which is t- like that would be twice as much now. It'd be more like fourteen hundred bucks in today's, but that's pretty nice. Walk on, yeah, and totally. make fourteen hundred bucks, seven hundred mm-hmm. at the time. I I would be cool with that, but I'm also not Christian Slater in nineteen ninety one. True, but here's something else about that. He was wearing Captain Kirk's trousers from Star Trek Two. Oh, really? Yeah, so he can say he was in Captain Kirk's pants. <laughs> you know that? <laughs> yeah. It's true, dude. Hopefully they, they, they were cleaned at some point. I hope so. <laughs> or maybe he wanted them dirty. He's like, no, I want them crusty. Um, yeah, and it was cool that they made a Sulu a captain and stuff. So they're actually showing that characters are advancing. Mm. And it allowed George Takai and William Shatner not to have to actually be on stage at the same time. Uh, yeah, those guys movies. didn't get along at all. Yeah, well it's like <laughs> that's an infamous like rivalry right there. I, I saw an interview with Kurt, um, and he was ta- he's saying he was talking to George Takai, and he was like, "Hey George, aren't you like sad you you're a captain because you're not going to get as much screen time?" And George is like, "But I'm a captain. I don't care. I don't, I just want to be a captain. How about that?" <laughs> he probably would have got about the same amount of screen time, honestly, if he were probably because it's not like Walter Koenig got all that much screen time, you know? No. And they, the, a lot of them never did. I remember the, the movie prior to this one, Scotty knocked his head accidentally on a, like a top of a door and was out the whole movie. <laughs> so True. You, you never know what you're going to get if you're not the big three characters. So you might as well just be a captain, right? And really, DeForest Kelly wasn't even in this one all that much. Truthfully, it was really Shatner. And well, I should say that. No, because DeForest did go on the planet with. They went to the Kirk planet. And, yeah. The, or the asteroid Rurapente. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when they were down. So there, they, so they were hanging out there and that and they met that uh, shapeshifter. Mm-hmm. And they used uh, 1991. They were using that morphing computer generated morphing thing a lot. Uh, they used it in um, um, Terminator. Terminator 2. They used it in that Michael Jackson video, Black or White, where all the people were like morphing into different people. That was a big deal back then in 1991, that computer generated morphing. Yeah, technology. it was new, cool technology. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Iman played that shapeshifter, which she's not difficult to look at at all. So that was cool. Yeah, really? Like, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. And did you know that all that Rurapente asteroid, it looks super cold, right? Mm-hmm. It looked cold as shit. But do you know it was it was filmed in LA? Oh, in a in a soundstage? Yeah, or something somewhere in LA. Hmm. Um, I think it was outside, but they, they, they filmed it in LA. Even though they look cold, uh, Shatner... And and Kelly were actually both really hot and they had to like constantly wipe down because they were sweating and stuff because it was in L.A. Well, it yeah. makes sense with all that clothing and then they're filming in L.A. Yeah, they get, and you think, oh, man, I'm, at least they have all that clothing and jackets and stuff, but they hate it because it was like really hot because <laughs> it was in L.A. Yeah. Bummer. The way you, the way you suffer as an actor for your character. Yeah, you got to bring it to life. But yeah, I thought I, it, this is my favorite Star Trek movie. 
Wrath of Khan is like very close second to me. Um, but they're both Nicholas Myers. Like, I, I think he should be in charge of Star Trek. And I, I think he wasn't here originally doing something with this discovery. Um, was he? Star Trek discovery? Yeah, but then so, they booted him out. They originally had like a bunch of like big names from Star Trek who were involved with discovery, but they canned them all and got this, what Kurtzweil guy. And then they're like, well, oh, this is just make it suck. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't know that. I I'm, I'm with you. Although I would say this is my second favorite one after the wrath of Khan, mm. uh, same thing, close second. And you know, they're both fucking brilliant films. So I think that's why we decided um, we wanted to talk more about star Trek six than Christmas of 19 Christmas. Cause our wheel said, memoir 1991 memoir right retrospective mm-hmm. memoir what do you and then we we have tacked christmas on it and like what do you remember about christmas we're both like we don't remember jack shit about christmas because i only all remember the same. one thing about christmas in 1991 <laughs> going to the movies <laughs> yeah but we remember 1991 star trek six <laughs> the undiscovered country and that's rad I, I i love this movie um and we love movies. And I, uh, this is this is the big this is one of the big movies for me in 1991. And I went with Timothy. I don't think there was a movie theater in, in where I was. We had to actually go to another place and we 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 had our popcorn and we watched it. And I remember just anytime a Star Trek movie came out, I was just I remember it because I was a huge Trekkie. Um, and this one was like the last and the best from the original crew. So that's that's my Christmas memory is Star Trek because I'm a geek and I was a geek. I even wore my Star Trek outfit with a little communicator and everything. That's 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 how much. Yeah, I was that kid. I dressed <laughs> just normally. Yeah, oh. I do. Re- I do remember though thinking when this movie came out that I I was like this is gonna suck because I you know it was before he really realized the odd even number bullshit and stuff like that. It was like because Star Trek the the previous one was so bad. You it know, was bad. I'm like. And it was like, oh, they should have just ended it, you know, at Star Trek three or whatever, Star Trek four. And then and it was like, then you got to Star Trek five and it was just like, that was terrible. And I'm like, they've just gone past their prime and they shouldn't do it anymore, you know? And so I went in this thinking, oh, this is going to suck because the last one was so bad and uh, pleasantly surprised when it did. Yeah, I'm glad that they did so that they could end End on a high note, on a high note, because Star Trek five was rough. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's probably at, the worst one, Star Trek Five. Yeah, well, worst one of the original movies of the original series. Yeah, I look at it now and I, I, I forgive it a little more. I think, but it's still, it's still bad. And I'm glad that they, they didn't end it on a bad note like they did the TNG movies. Yeah, yeah, true. Because and that was it. Like, yeah, TNG. They're like, oh well this last one sucks. So rather than try to make a good one, we'll just be like, yeah, we can't make good films anymore. Let's just uh, reboot the series and make other crappy films. Yeah. So it's, it's a bummer that my favorite show in in the world and they had a movie, they had movies that weren't terrific and the worst one was their last one. And that's it. That's how we're going to do it. But this one, um, I think the crew and everybody who worked on the original Star Trek and everybody who worked on, on, on the movies uh, for the original crew, they really they 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 got a good send off, and that that's just comforting, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just comforting in a way, like, hey, cool, you guys got a good send off, and now that things are over, they're over, but it's okay because I feel like your movie was awesome. And that's was how I felt great, with TNG. It was a great final movie too, just because yeah. like it it wrapped up almost like the entire Star Trek storyline in a way of mm-hmm. like you know 
becoming friends with your enemies, acknowledging that like, you know, you're going to different places in your lives, Spock's going off to do his thing. You know, they're all kind of at that point of retirement in the series. And they just kind of had this nice little final wrapping it all up thing that was really fantastically done. Yeah. Well, and it also um, sets the stage for things that you had question about, like in the next generation, because you had Worf on the bridge and, and you were friends with the Klingons, but this is, you know, that was in 87 when TNG came out. So you're like, why are we friends with Klingons? Like, now you know. When did that happen? That doesn't make any sense. Klingons are bad guys. They even look like bad guys. They're what's going on with them? But then you see, like a couple of years later, it came out with 1990 in 1991. They come out with Star Trek Six. You're like, oh, that's how that whole thing started to go down. And then instead of Klingons being bad guys, you can get to know their culture. They're not just like barbarians who you know, drink and 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 cause trouble. They're, they're that, but they're also they have this warrior code. Uh, very samurai style code of honor and duty. And they, they have kind of a whole culture you can explore. Right. And that's cool because, you know, when you make friends with the bad guy who you think is a bad guy, then you can get to know them and then maybe you start to like them and appreciate them more. And so in that way, Star Trek can pro could progress too. And they could have an ally to fight really bad guys like the Borg who have no redeeming qualities yeah, it was really a great, valuable lesson that uh, the world at large should learn from Star Trek. Yeah, I always thought the world should could learn from. I mean, and they could learn from Gene Roddenberry wanted too. Like he had this vision of the future, and that it was like we progress for the better. And Star Trek, the original series, all of it was teaching us that, and like saying, "Hey, this is really what we could be if we try to be our best selves." I think that's what's missing from like modern day rated R Trek is now it's all just, Hey, let's try to shock the audience. We're so different and edgy and, and it, it's, it, it's so easy to murder people because we're angry and we're vaping and all that kind of stuff. Like, I, like they're completely missing the point now, but back then we still had that kind of Roddenberry style you have action adventure and conflict, but it, 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 it you, we're always trying to be the best humans we can be. Not, not the worst, like current modern day Star Trek. Oh, let's show the worst of humanity and smoke and vape and murder and gore and all this stuff. With special effects. Look what we can do with computers now. With all this, you know, lens flare and angled cameras and action and constant camera movement and quick cuts. And Yeah. Forget story. We don't care about story anymore. Oh. And how can we shock you? And how can we play into your millennial sensibilities and angst with by having characters who vape and say dude a lot? Dude. Yeah. Oh. Nah. Mm. It's trash nowadays. But if you're a younger listener and you haven't seen Star Trek Six, you should go watch it. Yeah. You really should. And because you you'll still like it. It's not like, oh, some old guys with their old stuff, because you'll like it. And it's got cool special effects, which hold up today, in my they opinion. Do. I agree. They totally hold up. Yeah. It, it's not like watching the old 60s show where you're like, hey, yeah, that, I mean, you're, you're watching it for the story and, and stuff and the, the nostalgia, but the, they, it doesn't really hold up in, in a lot of ways. But Star Trek Six holds up um, in a lot of ways. Like it could be released today and still be considered like a good big budget movie, I think. 
But maybe I'm wrong because I'm out of touch. Uh, it could be, but it probably wouldn't be. There's not enough action in it. Yeah, too much story. Too much story. So the plot may be too sophisticated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> too much dialogue. <laughs> Spock's trying to solve a mystery. He's using logic. Gosh, Gosh, we don't yeah, care about that? mysteries. <laughs> that guy sounds smart. <laughs> I don't like smart people. Yeah. So, audience, our Christmas present to you this year, this December is go back and watch Star Trek Six from December of 1991. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Damn right, Merry Christmas. And with that, we will say goodbye. And we are out of here like Praxis, exploding due to overmining and a lack of safety protocols. We should probably say Happy Holidays, though. I said Merry Christmas. I know, but you're supposed to say Happy Holidays because, like, they're... Hanukkah and and Ramadan and like whatever else people do nowadays. So you say Merry Christmas. I'm I'm being uh, exclusive. Yeah. Or something like that. I mean, we celebrate Christmas and we're not even particularly religious. We're just like cultural Christmas. Isn't that the thing now? Isn't that why like, like Starbucks does the red cup with the happy holidays, but they don't really talk about Christmas much. I thought we went through a phase where like you couldn't talk about Christmas, but then it went back and you can talk, you can say, so like we went through a phase where you couldn't say, yeah, exactly. So we did go through a phase where you can't say Merry Christmas anymore, but then it kind of flipped over and now you can say Merry Christmas again. Oh, rad. Okay. And it can still be inclusive of, you know, happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, happy, I don't know, whatever. I don't know what all of them are. Well, we, we, we like all of yeah, but it's like implied all- that whatever your holiday celebration is, mm-hmm. happy to that. Yeah, and happy birthday to everybody if it's your birthday when you're yeah. listening to this. And, Which and kind of sucks everybody. if your birthday is around Christmas each year because you get those combined <laughs> presents. Yes. You know, like this is your you know, Christmas my, present. And my birthday. brother's birthday is December 24th. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah, yeah. Here's, your, here's your combined present. Uh, yeah, it's like Christmas Eve and happy birthday. And yeah, you'll get your presents tomorrow, bro. <laughs> Poor little bastard. That sucks. Be like, I want to change my birthday. I don't want to be birthday. Mine's March 7th, like See, yeah. months after Christmas, boring ass day. Nothing happened on March 7th, you know? <laughs> he got December 24th. <laughs> he hate, He hated it, dude. <laughs> uh, poor guy. Poor guy.